Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, folks? Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the old Miss Rebels. I, of course, am your host, Justin Sanders, uh, joined, as always, by my co-host, John Stefanzik. John, I understand uh, today a celebration up around your parts. Um, how's it going up there in the in the Northeast? It is Patriots Day, which basically is a holiday if you have a job in Boston. If you're an academic in Cambridge, it just means you get to campus is closed, it doesn't mean your workload decreases, but regardless. Uh, ooh, I lost track of how many days until this thesis is due. Uh, I yeah, should probably, probably keep up with that. Four weeks from today is when this thing's going to realistically get turned in. And that's my, well, my advisor's going on, he's going to Peru for two weeks at the beginning of May, so he can't, he's not, he can't sign it until he gets back. So, <laughs> that's funny. That's, All right, wait, fun. so don't, don't just gloss over this for us, uh, us people that don't even have a professional sports team in our state, Patriots Day, there's like a Super Bowl parade and everything going on? Not a parade. They're on the, it's the Boston Marathon. Oh, I thought, I thought they were also celebrating the Super Bowl thing today. No, it's it's a marathon. Oh, yeah, wait. That, that doesn't make sense because the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, the Patriots, it's just this, yeah, this whole American Revolution thing. And then they so have they the always, the Patriots Day is a real holiday in Boston, and they always run What the you have is a bunch of it. smug, uh, rich Bostonians walking around with their fancy Boston Athletic Association jackets. It, it, and they're all, they're like, last year's were purple. I think this year's might be orange. They're always like some obnoxious color. Like, you know exactly what that is without even having to think for a millisecond when you see it. It's just, I don't know. They're Boston Athletic Club Bo- jackets, Bo- is that what you said? Ath- Boston Athletic Association Jack. What is the here. Boston Athletic Association? They they put they organize and run the marathon. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a like They're a, a, huge a, phil- a philanthropic pursuit for them. Exactly. For these for these people. Kind of like it's kind of like Derby Days without the PC issue. We'll <laughs> it's kind of like Derby Days without the as much rape culture, but we'll get into that yes. later in the show. Um, that's a that was a good that was a good uh, tie in there, John. Um, you know, when we start the show every week, generally I'm inclined to say something along the lines of, oh, lots to talk about, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's not always the case. I'd say this week is definitely one of those weeks where we're going to talk some baseball. Um, not quite the uh, the caliber week that Ole Miss had last week going 4-0. Uh, the, this, this, this past week wasn't quite as good with a little 1-3 and result. Um, we'll get into that. Also, we'll talk about the event that John just referenced, uh, brewing controversy on the campus of Ole Miss, uh, surrounding the longstanding philanthropy event, Sigma Chi Derby Days. It's not just at Ole Miss. It's a, a national thing that happens, uh, Sigma Chi chapters. But, um, I mean, also maybe not just at Ole Miss, uh, uh, an environment of sexual harassment. But that's that's not for sure. There's definitely one at Ole Miss. We'll talk about that. Uh, the, the Office of... Student Affairs, I guess. Whoever is in charge of uh, making sure there's not an environment of 
you know, sexual violence on campus investigating Sigma Chi and their event. Currently, there's a lot of stuff going on there. We'll talk about that, like I said. Um, also, John, what else do you have to talk about? Dan Mullen uh, up in your city today running yeah, the Boston Yeah, he's running marathon. marathon right now. I'll see if he's finished yet or not. He did. He it. did finish. Something like um, four and a half hours, I think. Uh, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, John, but I mentioned um, kind of weird that he ran the marathon. It took him that long because back at Big Dog Camp, uh, I think he ran it in like two flat. Oh, was it, did that happen? Is that on? We could put that on the editorial of uh, piece on our uh, editorial page here. Yeah, exactly. No, the you next under, time you we when we sit down and do a mock, our mock Boston Globe editorial front page, which I don't know if we we'll, probably won't do that today, but we'll we'll put that'll be on the Elite Dogs version. Mullen runs a marathon in two flat. <laughs> no, of course it's a reference to the state summer camp where they routinely clock kids running like four threes and whatnot. Um, yeah. translates so well to the recruiting rankings. Yeah, yeah, totally, and and also to the field where we all know that state has, is just known for their team speed. But uh, let's see what else. What else is going on in the world of sports, John? Uh, NBA playoffs have begun. How bad? I mean, let me make. I'll double. I mean, I actually did not spend five minutes watching the NBA playoffs, but I would yeah, look at neither. sports on my phone. How awful is this first round of playoffs? I mean, if you. No, let's go. When we get to it later, we can look at the matchups. I literally. I mean, it's a complete waste of time. I literally don't know who's playing. I mean, the NBA playoffs go on for so long. It's like, call me in June. That's. I mean, call me. It's the Eastern Conference is good. The Cavs are going to win. It's going to be a drama fest, but the Cavs will win, and then the Warriors are going to win the West. Probably the Warriors, maybe the Thunder, maybe the Spurs. I mean, if the Thunder, Thunder Warriors, I'd watch that series maybe after, maybe like a couple games in. I probably wouldn't watch the first game. I don't know. The problem with playoff series is a lot of times the best games you never see them coming. It'll be like an out of no, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to explain what I'm saying. But sometimes like that first game will be the best one of the series, and the rest will just be a slap fight. I don't know. I'm not the biggest NBA guy. I think that probably shows through here. But my NBA, like I, I probably care less about the NBA now than I ever have at any point. Just Whenever the NBA season starts, I always think I'm gonna watch more, but I, I never really do. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Baseball wise, on the major league level. Anything happened like headline grabbing? Uh, Cubs lost first home series and like uh, yeah. Well, the Rockies are rows. Rockies are criminally underrated. Yeah, no, I mean they. It's not. I mean, you're not going to win every series. The Cubs are still off playing well. Mm-hmm. Solaire looks like in size, look like they're doing something to in the place of Schwarber, which is good to Baez? see. Baez, you called him Saez. Baez, Baez. Oh, why yeah. they, oh, so, yeah, okay, Sebastian Saez. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we can talk about how uh, Ole Miss um, received a commitment from Cullen Neal, the New Mexico State transfer, to play point guard next year. They got blown off by somebody they thought they were going to get. Uh oh. Uh, uh, which one was that? The guy. The. Uh, Milwaukee, I think he's from. Milwaukee. Oh yeah, 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 from Milwaukee. Yeah, we would have would have liked to have that guy for sure. But he was he had offers from like every decent program that's looking to fill a roster with a fifth year transfer. So I never really thought we were going to get him. I'd like to see Ole Miss. I mean, obviously we're looking for Andy Kennedy to improve his high school recruiting with the new building. But it would be nice in the interim. You know, it takes time to build up those classes. It would be nice to see some. Uh, some more of these fifth-year transfer battles being won. It's, it's not that Andy Kennedy's had trouble getting these guys, but um, 
you know, so far, nothing that's really blown me away. Cullen Neal, I think, was old misses to lose from everything that I read. Andy Kennedy's known him for a long time. It seemed like a natural fit. He wanted to leave the situation he was in. Um, but still, I mean, it, definitely something that I'm happy Andy's doing. Obviously, the team needed serious changes after what we saw this past season, especially with the best player um, probably from Andy's tenure leaving after this season. Um so we'll see. We'll, we'll see what he puts together next year. It's going to be another Frankenstein team, it looks like. Um, Andy Kennedy's typical fifth year and uh, transfer combination. You sound thrilled about Andy Kennedy's recruiting right now. I mean, I, I feel about I'm a big fan of Andy Kennedy's post-game interviews. I'm a big fan of Andy Kennedy's uh, coaching. He's a good ex- he's a good Yeah, ex- I'm a big fan of his X's and O's like 80% of the time. Um, recruiting is probably his weakest segment, but, you know – it, obviously, he's been hampered by the building he was in. Is recruit? It, let's ask a bigger question because hell, let's, let's get in a basketball topic for a minute. Let's do it. It's a, it's a grab bag show, folks. We're not going to follow it, any sort exactly. Of I mean, what the hell else is going on? This baseball team's boring as hell. To be honest, yeah. um, ba- I mean, is Andy Kennedy's recruiting problems really Andy his recruiting problems, or is it the whole damn SEC? Because the league is terrible at basketball. Specific, yeah, I mean, and, Kentucky's, and also specifically Kentucky's Ole Miss. Ole Miss is basketball namely one of the worst in the league historically yeah but like let's look at recent like the past five years well really in the past two or three let's okay but let's take what's going on at texas a&m what's what's going on uh Rod Barnes in Tennessee? and they had higher rick stansbury and they have the highest revenue of any athletic department in the country you get okay Stan but, the, but that, that's, you, get, you purchase some talent and they weren't even that good of a team really i mean they were solid and they were in kentucky I mean, yeah, but Kentucky lost in the second round this year. You know, with it, they helped our bracket so well. Yeah, the, they did a lot for us. So the hell That's what we that. get for picking the SEC. Exactly. We, you know. I knew I was going to suck in the bracket. I didn't think I'd suck as bad as I really actually suck, but whatever. Anytime I join, like, a, an organized pool for anything, I know it's going to be bad. Because um, I've tell my basketball interest is just fallen over the so much over the past six months both pro and college i mean almost i mean the pavilion's cool uh-huh. uh, you'll see there but it's like all right but did you get a chance to go to a game no uh, i have not been to the pavilion you should try to you should try to go to one next year oh yeah i want to make try to make it work yeah, that's sick yeah. we'll plan something we'll plan something out um but yeah, uh, I guess what we want to see out of Andy Kennedy. I mean, would you agree with me that he has to improve his high school classes eventually? Yeah, but but high school and AAU recruiting is such a disaster. And here's the other thing: is AK is that you have to get dirty one way or the other to get those kids. Yeah, that's just I think it's pretty obvious. Ole Miss has had this whole NCAA investigation. Let's put all this together. They're not, Ole Miss doesn't want to go get dirty essentially because they. Because they, I mean, track and field, women's basketball, football. Apparent, I mean, for whatever reason, we don't hire admin, which apparently we found out there's an open compliance spot. We from last week's episode, we were asking if anybody from compliance, if there was any heads turning. We had apparently some. Apparently, there's an opening. We've heard. We had some listeners reach out with some scoop. That's what I'm talking about. Basically, come in and point out there is an open position. And my point is, is Ole Miss is not going to Ole Miss from a given their NCAA relationship with the NCAA right now is not going to really in a position to go chase probably wisely. Um, basically, go really do what they need to do to get top tier basketball players. I don't even know if they're high enough on Nike's list to get to get them anyway. But from between that and 
they're not you know the top of line Nike basketball school, which is fun, which yeah, I mean, we could argue the pros and cons of that. I mean, they, they have good, they get taken care of in football, so that's fine. So that, and then just the lack of overall talent in the South, it's football culture. There's not the the, the the type of player is not refined. It's a pure athletic game. You go what you go watch these Big Ten and ACC teams play in the tournament. There's structure. There's a scheme. And the player, you can tell the players have been coached to play that way from beyond just their time in college. Where you watch SEC games, you can tell it's a bunch of athletes trying to execute basic plays, but they hit. But there's a lack of comfort just from not playing in a system. It's a number of things right now, really. Which, I mean, is it ultimately AK is responsible for putting a product on the floor. But there's a lot of. I mean, they have the new facility, but there's still between the way the way recruiting works. Where are the admins at right now with the NCAA and what it would take to go do something basketball related? And really, and honestly, I didn't. I mean, you, was there much, a whole lot, any groaning this year about uh, the team being so so, or were people just like, oh, there's a new. I mean, I didn't. It didn't seem like there was as much complaining this year as there has been in the past with AK. No, nah, like I mean, I really don't think people were that worried about it. I think it's probably what we talked about on the show about just still enjoying the new building, kind of honeymoon phase. And also, you know, any criticism of Andy Kennedy at this point, you can kind of be rebutted with, well, he just got this new building. You know, maybe he's going to be great in the new building, et cetera, et cetera. But as you mentioned earlier, I mean, we're already back to our old ways of losing uh, recruiting battles when we get down to the final three. So we'll see. It's definitely a a, a wait-and-see approach at this point. And Andy Kennedy, like I mentioned a second ago, is uh, not afraid to make big changes during an offseason to a team. I think the team we see next season is going to look a lot different than the team we saw this season. Uh, more than just people graduating and younger players moving up, there's going to be uh, probably new faces all over the all over the court. So, I mean, that's the kind of I mean we talked about this a lot. AK, his hallmark is he gives ammunition to his critics and to his defenders, and that's kind of the position you're in after a season like we just had when Andy Kennedy is kind of remaking the team when you don't have someone like a Stefan Moody uh, that's been a, prof- a proven performer in the league coming back. You kind of have to take this, well, maybe maybe this time it's going to be even better than last time he did this, which was you know the playing game uh, year from, from two years ago when he built that, that team of fifth years um, with, with MJ Rhett and Terrence Smith and all those guys around Jarvis and Stefan. Uh, and Saez and, and had an overall pretty successful year, especially since I think where the program is right now, just making the NCAA tournament, that has to pretty much be your binary determinant of what is a successful year and what's not a successful year. Um, so in that same vein, I, I guess the running clock starts now. John, give them, what do you say, two recruiting classes, three recruiting classes? Um, I, I, the biggest thing with AK I'd like to see is bring in guys – I mean, we mentioned high school guys. Or just bring in people that you can see be in your system at least two years. The fifth-year grad, uh, grad transfer, like Giello, it took him about a third of the yeah. year to get adjusted. And then the last and third of the year, he got cold again. He only spent he like a third cold. of the year actually being, being productive. Yeah, so like MJ Rett's a great example. At the end of the year, MJ Rett was pretty effective. But then you're like, well, okay, we built. We were also. Uh, oh wait, he's done. MJ Rett was having great games against teams that don't play post defense. Like he had a great game against BYU, and all they do is shoot threes. I mean, MJ Rett was great. I just. You know, I think it's a fair counterpoint. Um, no, I think I, I mean I agree with that. 
it's where, where does he? But I think I mean, we also where, have to give Andy credit for like Sebastian Saiz, who's been a yeah, a, a productive a good, player since his freshman year, and he's gonna play you know all four years as a starter. I mean, he's an All SEC player if he didn't get poked in the eye. Absolutely, sure. and that means next season he's got a great shot at being very Absolutely. good. Absolutely. So, I mean, he Fitzpatrick Dorsey are two guys you look at and say, okay, we could maybe potential. We'll see Fitzpatrick Dorsey. He's, he needs to develop a lot. I think he had a good, you know, first campaign, but Andy Terrence Kennedy. Davis is a kid AK needs to get something out of because he's got a lot of athleticism. That's really – and he's a high school kid too. He's kind of – he's a, he's a Nick Williams, Martavius, Newbie kind of hybrid. Oh, oh, no, he's way more athletic than those two players. Ceiling's way higher. I mean, for, uh, I mean because Smith. he's he's going to be an energy guy. He's going to be a glue guy. He's going to be somebody that quietly, if AK is successful – produces probably the next three years, definitely the last two of his career. If yeah. AK, that's what AK wants, I assume. Yeah, I would presume it's how he's playing. But anyway, we, um, will, see we will see how AK – Yeah, Andy probably. Kennedy's recruiting is um, a work in progress, just like it's been – I think the whole SEC's recruiting is a work in progress, though. This isn't just an AK you – know, you look around the league and you go, what the hell ben is Howland, this? Ben Howland seems to know how to recruit. Oh, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, how did Malik Newman's year turn – here's the thing. I mean, where, where does AK go to get players? Because Mississippi doesn't Europe. really have a base. Like, you get Malik Newman, and then he – I mean, he and State just – I mean, what a – is he is he going to the draft or not? He he declared, but he didn't hire an agent, so he can go right, back. So he can go back to state. I mean, yeah. and he might. He's talking about him being a second round pick. Guy lost a lot of money this past year yep. just from not going to a school. I mean, AK AK would have done well with Malik. Did you see that yeah. Kellenberger Kellenberger wrote an article basically that just said like it's bet it'll be better for Malik to leave school and go play in the D League than to play another year for Howland. Pretty much what he said. Yeah, well, no, that makes sense. I mean, the whole that that that, that tells you Malik every, is just not happy. It doesn't seem, and the it, Malik Newman situation tells you everything you need to know about the state of the state of AAU recruiting in the South. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it. And Malik so, was even more, more than AAU, though. I mean, he was a Team USA starter and stuff. I mean, this is a kid that before he came to state was widely, you know, agreed he upon. He was lowered by. That's it. That's all that mattered in that recruitment. And he never really wanted to go play college basketball either. He no, he should have no, definitely not. He should have done what Jennings did and gone to Europe for a year. Yeah, given given what Malik, given how Malik's whole approach to this, because he wouldn't. If you go to Europe, you don't lose that much value. You're more visible here. I think you should have gone to Kentucky, even if you don't have a great freshman year. You come back for your sophomore year and you get back in the first round. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he would have worked. I think he's used to being the guy. I don't think that would have worked that well in Kentucky. He, he should have gone to somewhere where he could have been the dude. I mean, I don't know. Of course, Ben well, I mean, Simmons. That's what he thought he was doing at State. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't work. It didn't happen. That's true. He started the season injured a little bit. He had the turf toe problem. And I don't know how much of it was Howland. Uh, you know, Horatio, Horatio is a huge problem for him as well. Yeah, it seems that way, yeah. Horatio is just a disaster. Um, if Malik robbed Kim Dichie, then Horatio <laughs> I don't know if there's a Panther involved with the Newman-Horatio Webster. Oh, man. Oh, God. Rob's Guru Corner is going to get a whole section this week talking about Robert. Just just when he's done, the gift that keeps on giving pops up in an ESPN article. 
Well, I mean, assuming he, Robert Kimdichi, of course, who we're talking about, uh, gets drafted fairly highly, you know, first two rounds. He goes won't, on, won't fall out of the second because he's too much of an athlete. Goes on to play. I agree. Assuming that, I mean, we could, there's a good chance be looking at years and years of Robert Kimdichi coverage here. Just, just hours of quotes over the over the seasons to come. So I hope you're excited, John. Do you want to... I mean, let's go ahead. Let's let's talk about it. We'll circle back to baseball later. You're referencing uh, Robert Kimdichi piece in ESPN today, I believe. Yep. It was originally in the magazine. They put it on the front page today. Nice. Really well done interview. Uh, set the day after the almost pro day. Apparently, Rob goes and gets two bacon cheeseburgers and pepper jack and handy handy. I have to say that is an excellent. That's probably the best yeah. decision he he he's made the past year. That's tight. That's is make handy Andy's joint. I mean, hey well, John, when you, when you go when you go to handy Andy's, yeah, you stay away from that. When you go to handy Andy's, do you go cheeseburger or pulled pork? This is an excellent question that it, is worth a minute to consider. It's when a the tough pull, call. the cheeseburger is a nine out of nine nine and a yeah. half out of ten every yeah, time. Every time. Pulled pork is when the pulled pork is good, it's a ten. When it's not good, it's like a six and a half. Oh wow! And I've seen enough inconsistency. It's still good, but you're like, eh, I know it could be way better. No, I go for I've the seen, I go for the cheeseburger. I've I've seen enough variability in the in the, uh, in the pulled pork, or I just go cheeseburger because I'm going to get a nine and a half every time. Yeah, that cheeseburger is so good. I want to I want to just you know peek in the back and watch it and see what the secret is. What are the, I, I don't know what they do, but it's a it's a perfect uh, greasy secrets. The, the beef, hamburger. The, the beef food cleanliness score they get, which is pretty hard to get a B in Mississippi, but they get it. <laughs> I think that's where the secret flavor is. Maybe so. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Generally, your your delicious hole in the wall places, you're you're gonna see a B a lot of the time. I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's they're all doing the same thing to get that, or if you know it's just the indication that they put a little character into their their food prep. You know they're not afraid to uh, to go off script a little bit as far as food safety precautions are concerned. But that's a good observation. Um, yeah, I posted that there was a picture of Rob at Handy Andy's with uh, some kid Ole Miss fan. And uh, I I quoted the tweet and said, you know, anybody who turned on Rob after the Atlanta incident isn't a real fan. Of course, talking about you. And um, a few days, I've been, I've been hating before then. But a yes. few days later, it's true. Uh, a few days later, um, after I, I tweeted something at Steve Robertson, I don't even remember the exact context now. Uh, one of the the egg MSU our friend accounts. Steve Robertson. Oh, yeah, yeah, your friend Steve Robertson. Your my friend. friend, my friend. Yeah, our yeah, yeah. Friend. Our, our friend. He says your friend Steve Robertson. Um, uh, one of the egg MSU Twitter accounts started tweeting at me over and over, uh, and he, he picked that tweet and, and just going after me and just like calling me a bitch and stuff for like, I guess being a fan of Robert Kimdichie. I don't, I don't really understand the, the anger that these people summon. It's weird. Another weird thing, John is like, why are there so many anonymous Mississippi state Twitter accounts? Um, are there are there more anonymous state accounts than there are yeah. others? Yes, yes. Or is that just our timeline? No, 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 no. I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious. You'll okay. There are identical accounts of Ole Miss fans that tweet the exact same rubbish Homer stuff, but they just have like their name and some random picture on there. Like, I'm not saying there's more state fans on Twitter. I'm saying a higher percentage of them 
have some weird persona like Kapaya Dog is one of them, or Dog well, Smack, or well, all what those the guys. hell else are you gonna do in Mississippi? Well, I tweeted a couple weeks ago. It's because they don't want their boss, who's an old Miss fan, to take away their internet privileges. Yeah, I mean, I could it's, see that. It's possible. That's one option. It's also probably, you know, the, the conspiratorial nature of their brains. They they think that if they criticize Ole Miss, like, legit, some boss hog, Dicky Scruggs, Ole Miss booster is going to come, like, knock on their door and, and like, you know, haul them away to I don't know what. It's – I I don't know. They take the rivalry very seriously. I guess also when you're posting, like, unsubstantiated rumors and, and stuff like that, it's, it's easier to hide behind stuff. It's funny, John, uh, if you look at – MSU fan rhetoric it's actually changed a good bit um I don't know if you remember a few years ago there was actually a lawsuit uh by a woman in Oxford who sued one of the posters on Elite Dogs um for let's see it would have been libel because it was written I think because the rumor was that she had like slept with an NCAA investigator or something and they used her real name and everything uh and she she sued this person and and now if you look at like um an elite dog sit or something like that, where there's some rumor, Coach 34 will always post something like, well, I know the names, but I'm not going to post them, and you shouldn't either. Like, it's they act like it has something to do with something else, but really, you know, they're just afraid they're going to get sued again. So that's something to take into account, um, for sure. There's There's been a lot of fun uh, rumors going on, John. We talked about last week how we're coming up on um, April 22nd, which we believe to be the day by which uh, old Miss's response to the NCAA notice, the death the penalty takes another well, another phase towards the death penalty. Being right, implemented. right. The long the long march towards the death of the Ole Miss football program yep. uh, continues onward. Just what, four days away now. Um, strange, John. We've heard we've been hearing for the past three months. Um, you know the doomsday scenarios. How Hugh Freeze and Ross Bjork are lying about what this really contains, et cetera, et cetera. It's weird, though, John, still have yet to hear an actual allegation of wrongdoing. You would think if this was all outlined in a, a document that's been seen by the Associated Press, um, assuming that, uh, uh, what's his face, the Mississippi writer David, uh, what's his name? David Brandt. Yeah, AP. assuming David Brandt saw the NOA before he wrote that story about how uh, 14 of the allegations are related to football or whatever, a lot of other stuff, you know, People's Steve Robertson sources seen it. You know, people in the Ole Miss office have seen it. You would think people that cover Ole Miss for a living probably have sources that have seen it. Yet, still no actual allegations besides you know the self-reported infractions and the Laramie Tunsil Lindsey Miller incident. Besides that, I, I, that's been my point, John. If you remember since the beginning, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to give too much credence to any doomsday rumors until there's actually some sort of a, even a rumor. Just give me something to, as to say what Ole Miss did that was so bad that's going to get them in trouble. As of yet, I've heard nothing. Uh, com- that, that argument is completely valid. I also, there's just part of me that cannot stand how, I, I, but there's also part of me that says if that's true, then why hasn't, I don't know. I think I that there's that, some. I, I know what you're saying. A more I know what you're saying. I think there's some uh, potential. It, it's potentially uh, related to the fact that the NCAA has told Ole Miss not to do that, and Ole Miss is really does not want to make the NCAA angry right now. Fair I mean, enough. I mean, it's possible. I'm not saying that's definitely what happened. Uh, the three months could just be it, but like. 
the, the argument that taking the, the, the full three months to respond is some sort of a delay tactic doesn't really make any sense because what's the difference in releasing it last month and this month in the context of your football program? It doesn't really help you. I, it, I, I just think that, that it's... You would expedite the process and it has less effect on 2017 recruiting. Maybe, uh, or, or it's what I said last week where if you take the full three months, you have more leverage when negotiating with the NCAA. I, I, I don't know. I, I've been trying to come up with a way where I can believe it. That statement, you, you, I'm still searching Sanders. I don't, I cannot figure out how you would get more leverage. It's a negotiation process. You don't want to put all your cards on the table while you're still negotiating. Interesting negotiation tactic. Well, the NCAA is an interesting body, aren't they supposed to represent the interests of unpaid athletes? Did you see the thing where they won't let Marcus Lattimore be an official staff member of South Carolina because it would be quote because it would be quote an advantage in recruiting. Wait, wait, I don't understand. Go on. Okay, okay. so so Marcus Lattimore, you know, he yeah. blew his knee out twice. Yeah, Great. but I don't – like, there's lots of former players that coach. The I don't NCAA understand. The says he cannot have a staff position. Not, I don't think it's a coach position, it's just a staff position because it would be an advantage in recruiting because basically it would be another another body beyond the – whatever's a nine or ten coach limit. Oh, well, can't they just make him like an off the field non recruiting position? I guess, but I, I don't know what they were. I don't know if it's the. I don't know if South Carolina was really trying to basically add an, add a recruiter without it being. Yeah, that's coach. one thing. I kind of yeah. understand that, but. but that just. I mean, come on. I guess that's it. It looks bad because everybody knows the Lattimore story and feels bad for him because he would have. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't tear his knee up, he's a he's a, you know top 45 pick in the draft. He's a first-round draft pick. Would have had a great career. I mean, the guy the guy outran uh, Mark Ingram and Trick Richardson by himself as a freshman against mm-hmm. Alabama on an inferior South Carolina team. Mm-hmm. But that just – Oh, man, I got – um. What you got? I got Elite Dogs open here. I think I was checking for there's, – There's been a couple good threads today that I saw – um, but I, I just saw this one, I guess from last night, uh, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna, um, read it or anything. I'll just share with the listeners the, uh, the headline of the thread. This was started by coach 34, uh, the, the leader of elite dogs it just says, why is there a woman in the Sunday night baseball booth with four question marks? So that's 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 Jeff, kind of Jessica Mendoza is knowledgeable and understands the game. That's she and Doris Burke are arguably two of the best people on ESPN because they're. I think Mendoza is great. Yeah, because they're just sitting there telling you how it is. Because is because inevitably as women, there's an eye on them to be they. There's a higher standard exactly. held held to them. They do a better job on you, know, you versus like Chris Broussard and all these yeah, other. There are tons of male analysts that are just full of hot air. You're male analysts, you can just say whatever you want. There's also a lot of male analysts that are just former players that just talk, you know, shit the whole time and don't really tell you what's, you know, anything interesting about the game. Or Burke and Mendoza are excellent, actually, like probably. Yeah, but too- that's just just to share an example of the level of discourse that uh that occurs regularly on that site. Um, what were we talking about before that, John? Before Marcus or after Marcus Lattimore, I should say. Did we, were we taking a new direction there? I forgot. I feel like I was going to say something, but I was totally distracted by that hilarious headline. I want some feedback from the listeners of this format's better. Us just all over the place because we've let off every show talking twenty five minutes of baseball, trying to talk ourselves into the team being able to do anything, and we're going to. So I guess we're changing up this week. Yeah. Should we, we make are. fun of baseball five minutes? 
I mean, I I have the stats open here. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Losing to Southern's fine. Southern's a good team. You're not going to win every midweek. Well, you game. already you already won. You already beat them once. So splitting with beat Southern is good. Split series with a good Southern team. MacArthur pitched well again. Fine. Whatever. Arguably the most important midweek game is tomorrow, the Governor's Cup. Next week. No, it's tomorrow. No, your week off. No, it's the nineteenth, right? Twenty sixth. What's the, tomorrow? Or they play as twenty sixth. Who do we play uh, this midweek? Like, go play at AutoZone. Go play Memphis. Oh, well, that's Today's cool. The, I, I can actually go to the Governors yeah. Cup next week. I thought I was gonna miss it. I'll be able to watch it on TV. Um. Oh shit. All right. Yeah, Ole Miss. I, oh, we got we got two midweeks this week, John. Yeah. Right, who who stars? What do what, what do you? We we could go through Pat the game. But I, think I think everybody saw the game. They won four nothing Friday night. They uh, really Brand- they won they won one nothing Friday really. Yeah, they did because this offense is dog shit. Let's just yeah, say. the three runs in the ninth were nice insurance, but they didn't really happen until the game was over. Bramlin Bramlin in the sixth inning Friday was that was something to watch him get. Bramlin has been looking better every week. Bramlin's good. He's really molding into it. I mean, he looks like a legit Friday guy now. Really great competitor. He and Olenek are the two best competitors on that team, bar none. You look at Saturday, Parkinson's been great from a starting standpoint the past two weeks. And that and they could, they didn't even think about scoring Saturday. I mean, it was atrocious. It was like South Carolina. Essentially. And then Sunday, they get the fifth inning. Um, Sean Johnson doesn't look great, but gets through four innings giving up one run, which you would have signed for to start the day. Pagnazzi goes in there and gets shelled. Maybe he was hungover. Who knows? But, I mean, long story short, and I, t- I didn't realize, I mean, Bortles got moved down on the lineup Sunday. I didn't realize his average is down to 268, which means yeah. he's in some kind of slump. Yeah. Um, Woodman's below 300 as well, which is not – Good. I mean, Lartigue's the best overall hitter on the team right now, and, and he had probably Blackman after that, right? Uh, Blackman's been solid. Woodman's your most talented hitter, but he's <laughs> Woodman presses in big spots. I don't like his he, middle. He he does. He really and, and is that. So do you think do you think leading off helps with that because he has, he doesn't have to worry as much about runners on base and whatnot as opposed to driving it in. I, I think he's better in the leadoff spot. Yeah, maybe but. so. Maybe Mike sees that too. Maybe that's why he's been leading off. But wasn't there everything was all wonky on Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean they had Colby down the six. I have to go pull it up. Hold on, see. Mike. I just checked Bianca's Twitter. That's where he tweets out the pictures of the lineup. Hey, boy, Errol's up two forty three. Okay, so Sunday's lineup. Tate Tate led off Olenek in the two Woodman Lartie Golson in the five or the yeah Golson in the five Bortles in the six Fitzsimmons in the seven Errol at eight Connor Cloyd at nine and then Johnson oh, the other started thing too, again. Herzog in the lineup Saturday is a complete waste of time. Herzog pinch hits. He's not may as well. Yeah, may as well. Fitzsimmons is there's no you need him up there as many times as he can be up there. Mm-hmm. If you want to pinch hit for him with a lefty in certain situations, I'll listen to it late in the game. Yeah. Not from starting perspective. Yep, I would agree. Um, oh, man, this is, I'm looking at uh, – for so the Southern game um, last week, it was like 80s night or something at the park, and they have this awesome like throwback Ole Miss baseball logo. Did you see the Major League 2 posters? 
I did not. Oh, dude, they're so sick. Hold on, let me. I gotta find them. They might be on the oldest. Oh, here we go. Uh, here, I'll I'll uh, share the tweet with you. Or I'll I'll just send you the picture on text. It's probably the fastest. Um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I mean, at least even when we're when we're losing to Southern, there's a uh, we still have a good marketing department doing cool stuff. Um, I mean, yeah. And Sunday, did we get to Sunday? It was just a complete, you know. Sunday was just the. Uh... Just a circus, basically. Sean Johnson was pretty gritty. Uh, as soon as he went out, like you said, Pagnazzi just got shelled. Um, it just wasn't. It wasn't good. Yeah, yeah. I just texted it to you. Check it out. It's pretty sweet. I really want one of these posters. It's Matt Denny, JB Woodman, Colby Bortles, like in the in the exact same uh, Major League Two poster stance. It's it's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I want that poster. Matt, let's talk about Matt Denny, John. Why the hell is he in the game? I, I mean, okay, so he's a team guy. He's a captain. He's a senior. The team seems to rally around him. It's kind of like this is terrible. When Matt Denny gets a strikeout, it's kind of like when the ten-year-old with like a terminal illness runs like the seventy-yard touchdown at the spring game. Like it's like it's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? The team is like laughingly celebrating his success. Like, I can't believe Denny just got him out. Oh, my God. I don't know. Maybe I'm off base on that. No disrespect to Matt Denny. But, yeah, it seems like more a moral victory when he pitches than actually an attempt to get anybody out. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's still on the roster is is kind of an indictment of the depth. Let's just... Let's say what it is. But, I mean, uh, you also have to look at when they use him. Like I think when they ran him out there on Sunday, wasn't that when they ran him out there on Sunday? Or was it on Saturday? It was, wasn't it? A, was it a? Uh, Might have been on Saturday. It was Sunday. It was a. Uh, wasn't it a one nothing game? No, because didn't Pagnazzi give up more than one? Is that right? I, I think it was like a three nothing or a four nothing. Was it Danny then Pagnazzi the other way around? I can't. No, remember. no, no. It was Pagnazzi first because they tried to keep it like we were actually playing to win. It's at one point. When Sean Johnson <laughs> we came out. That's when Sean Johnson right. came out. But then, I mean, when they put Matt Denny in, I think you know. Yeah. I think you know. Um, what should we talk about next, John? Uh, so, this team 7-8 and eight at midway point. What, what's our prediction for them after seeing half a season? We've seen half a season. All right, hold on. I feel like they're a 15-15-ish team and a two-seed in a regional. Yep. They have a schedule and everything set up to where they can go. I mean, they could make a run at host. I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah, it's possible, but they're going to have to more than likely. They don't, have, they don't have a third starter, and they don't. And I don't if, – even if you put McCarthy if you put McCarthy, you put McCarthy in that role, then what do you do midweek? I mean, do you put I Sean? think you made a good point that, you know, you put McArthur on Sunday and Mike has to be thinking about last year when he basically ruined Stokes for the whole season by trying to run him out there as a freshman Sunday starter. Yeah, but Stokes was a pin guy that got moved to a Sunday starter from injury. McArthur's been groomed to start and then starting I, I, I mean, I, if I'm Mike, I put McArthur out there Sunday, period. Say, so go give me five innings. Yeah. So. I mean, it's. MacArthur's legit, and at a certain point um, in the season, the midweek games are going to be over, and MacArthur is going to be moved to the pen, um, even if he's not starting on Sunday. But so let's see, That's they're true. seven and eight right now. 
three versus Auburn. You win that series. You go. To They're nine, gonna host. They have to sweep Auburn. Nine and nine. Yeah. I'm trying to do it more realistic here. So nine, nine and nine <laughs> after Auburn. Eh, I don't feel great about winning the LSU series. But it, it is in Oxford. It is in Oxford. So let's go eleven and ten after LSU. That's uh, optimistic. Win two at Georgia. Let's go thirteen and eleven. Two at Georgia. Georgia just took two from Carolina. I know. I saw that. Um, I think between so Georgia okay, and LSU, say, it's going to go 500. Okay, so let's say that they, they win three of the six, Georgia at LSU, right? So we yep, said they so won two this weekend, nine and nine. So that's 12 and 12. I yep. think they can sweep Kentucky graduation weekend. Woo, that's aggressive. Let's say two. Let's they say swept two. Arkansas pretty, pretty easily. You say they're going to sweep Kentucky and not sweep Auburn. All right. Well, it's yeah. I guess you're right. They're both at home. I, I think they sweep one of those series. Ooh, so that's fifteen and that. twelve. But basically, John, that means even if you're at fifteen and twelve, if you get swept in College Station, which is very possible, A&M just you swept State in Starkville. If it plays out like you said, they're going to finish hot when two at College Station. They're a host. I think you can sweep Kentucky and turn around and get swept at A and M. The way I, the way A and M A and M is the class of the SEC West. So that's what I'm saying. They could they could do relatively well, get swept the last weekend to to sputter into fifth to fifteen and fifteen. Yep. Yeah, this is this is a five, likely. This is a 500 baseball team that could get hot for a regional weekend, but I just don't see. I mean, they're better than last year, but they're they're not host better. And the league is exceptionally tough this year. Let's be let's be frank about that. I mean, Florida, Vandy, uh, Carolina. It, and it's, it's, the league's and very top heavy. A bunch of good teams. Bunch yeah. of good teams. Yeah. Even with Arkansas having a bad year, it's still a really deep league. Arkansas's yeah. having a relatively bad year, but they've still been ranked. Most four of the and season. they're four and eleven in the league. They, they were they were just ranked last week. It's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Austin Miller, you can make sure you turn up the turn turn it up loud. I'll say it again for you. Arkansas is terrible this year in baseball. Just want to make sure that he did. Was he? Did he disagree with you? Is that his? Did he call that? Well, he has to kind of defend the. He see, you have to be careful with Vandy. He's got to be careful with Arkansas. Ah, I understand. Careful with nobody. I understand. Yeah, you you don't have any any loved ones to protect there. Um, uh, no, I'm just I'm kidding. Selfish. I'm a selfish bastard. Um, so Memphis and Mary State. I mean, I think that's it's actually good to have two midweeks right now. It's a chance to, for the team to regroup and you know get back hitting a little bit. They're going to see some, I would think, pretty weak pitching this weekend against Auburn. Um, also going to see the future SEC Player of the Year. So that's never fun if you're if your old Mrs. pitching staff throwing it to Anthony Greer. So. It'll be fun to watch, at least as a fan, you know, to get to see a player like that. Um, and then we get to the the game I was talking about, most important midweek game of the year, the Governor's Cup in Pearl. It gives you a chance to even up, you know, the season series with State. Um, it seems to be coming at a good time. I'm not sure who State plays this weekend, but they did just get swept by A&M. They seem to be faltering a little bit. Obviously, when Ole Miss went and lost to in Starkville that weekend, State was extremely hot, so... Uh, maybe Ole Miss will get lucky and their bats will be cooled off a little bit by next week when that game happens. Um, it, I mean, midweek games don't matter, but if there's one that's going to matter, this is probably the one, right? It helps your RPI. Uh, it just helps you be able to say there's a big difference in two and two on the season and one and three. Who's going to start that game? 
Uh, MacArthur, right? Well, what if you pitch him Sunday? They're not going to pitch MacArthur on Sunday. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I think I think if Mike moves MacArthur, I think he would hold out one. I think he'd want want to let MacArthur get throw this, against State the Governor's Cup start because then because then after that you have a midweek versus Pine Bluff and a midweek versus Arky State, but that's about yeah. I mean, and you got two midweeks stretches. this week. You don't yeah. want to put somebody out there tomorrow. No, I, I don't think get so. shelled. Yeah. And, um. Yeah. I I think they're fifteen and fifteen. They're two seats somewhere. That's my prediction for them. Probably fair. Yeah, but what's your what do you think? Yeah, that's about right. I mean, that's about right. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see fifteen and twelve going into the last weekend. Um and I wouldn't be surprised to see fifteen and fifteen after the last weekend. So I mean at least if they got there fifteen and twelve, they would at least have an opportunity to play into over five hundred. Like that's I mean, that's good. You get a shot three times to try to, you know, be sixteen and fourteen. That would be that would be a good outcome, I think. If they could set themselves up for that last weekend, even if they did get swept it would mean that they did some solid work down the stretch here. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. So Spirit Board, real quick. Hey, hit it. Spirit Board was on. They, they, they've they been more restless with Bianco this year than they have uh, AK, which I was really interested. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a testament to Mike Bianco that we don't complain more about the lack of lottery scholarships available in Mississippi. It is. Than we do. And yeah, I mean, it kind of it's if you really look at, it, I mean, you look if you look at basketball and baseball, Ole Miss is in inferior positions in, in recruiting in both. I'd say the only sport, the sport where they're closest to being on a level playing ground with all their competitors is football. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 realistically, they're a little bit behind there. I think it also speaks to the level of fan knowledge about you know actual intricate things that affect that I mean, a very good fans point. fans like to fashion themselves as experts of what goes on on the field but a lot of times in college sports what goes on off the field is more important you know what i'm saying um and, and i think that's a big part of why people don't know to be upset about the lack of lottery scholarships when it comes to their baseball teams does the uh, blowback against HB fifteen twenty three affect recruiting in any of the big three sports? Mm, hmm. I I would guess probably not. Um, college recruits in any of the three sports: basketball, football, baseball. Um, not necessarily the most social justice minded people uh, in the world. Generally, that's a good way of putting it. They're not too concerned. Um, you know about so, so political social questions uh such as the ones you know raised by critics of that bill so i would say no i think it does hurt uh both universities and i mean, uh, throw southern in there too all three just because um you know it's it's damaging the national perception of the state where the university is i think it's you know obviously the leaders of the universities have come out and said, you know, they don't agree with it. That's what they had to do there. I think Vitter's doing a good job. Um, you know, do we want to transition here to talking about the Sigma Chi thing? This I was going to ask. I was going to ask Vitter's, you. Vitter's next, you know, major test, maybe one of his first major tests. I think, John, he kind of um, got lucky that he has to deal with this first because it's almost inevitable during his tenure that he's going to have to deal with um, some sort of a racially charged issue, uh, which is for Ole Miss at least. Um, Wait, what is racist about this Sigma Chi thing? No, John, you're missing my point. I'm saying it's almost lucky for Vitter that this is his first major PR issue to handle because I think 
something racially charged will probably happen in the next several years. Just looking well, you back, could, at, you could argue this plaques like the, the Confederate. Okay, plaque. that's fair, but it but the but Confederate, not to the scale. The Confederate like, plaque doesn't involve the actions of current students, which is what the Sigma Chi thing has to do with. It's what the James Meredith noose issue had to do with. It's what the election night protest had to do with. So it's it's good practice for Vitter. Um, I. I mean, John, I don't necessarily know where you stand, but I tend to uh, be on the side of the sorority girls here. It sounded like some of the comments that were being made were kind of gross. Did you read in the DM article, I think uh, Logan Kirkland might have been the writer of this particular article. He said that there were attendees in the crowd of patients and families from Larry Batson in the crowd. That To me, that just is mind-boggling that this was all going on. It's, Dude. Just, it's just gross. I was never aware of a Delta Psi event or like any anything like this happen in public. I mean, I was trying to think of like, is this, you know, no, I don't, I mean, a standard is this? Definitely like not. And I mean, if if there was a if there was a uh, a Sigma Chi or someone listening to this, I know there's a KA listening. What's up, Neil? Um, they they would probably make the argument. Gentlemen of the order. The the, I know there's a gentleman of the order listening. Um, they would probably make the argument that Delta Psi could never, you know, organize an event that shorty girls would actually come to to have that venue. But that's just, you know, a counter argument. I would agree you with know, you. No, I was thinking, you know, everybody gave McMurtry crap about his no more philanthropy stance. No more. I mean, this did happen at a philanthropy event, so maybe this is like a tactical move by the no, hall. It is, it is like, funny. Yeah, that's why they don't have philanthropies for sure. That's why. Uh, that's why Jurger, uh sabotaged that talent show, right? <laughs> uh, um, no, but I I think. Um, oh, I gotta tell you. Uh, remind me to tell you about Saturday night out at the bar before this pod is over with. I got a good before story. Before it's over or after it's over? Before important, it's over. Important distinction there. Before. Okay. All right. Well, I'll trust your judgment. Um. Do, uh, I'll think about whether I need to do it before or after. Anyway. Okay. I think it's. Uh, I think it's funny that. Their reaction from people that want to defend Stigma Kai is basically just like, yeah, but look how much good they're doing. Like the the implication is that without you know sexually harassing comments and like public demeaning of women, it's impossible to like raise money for charity. That's like uh, it's like on the on the on the John Oliver segment from uh, his show. I don't know if you watch it, John, but it's really good. He did one about getting rid of the penny. And, um, which is a, 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 you know, somewhat, I wouldn't say a hot button issue, but it's kind of a trendy thing that people will bring up, you know, abolish the penny. It's happened in a lot of other countries. Um, and, uh, obviously the big proponent for keeping the penny is like the zinc lobby, you know, people that actually sell pennies to the government. Um, and the lobbyist argument was, you know, without pennies, um, philanthropic endeavors in the United States are going to be hit really hard because, you know, what do you give to the Salvation Army at Christmas time when you pass by the bucket, all that stuff. Basically, the argument was if people can't donate the smallest possible unit of money, they're not going to give anything. That's kind of the argument that, well, if the Simakais aren't allowed to uh, make these comments to women during the event, no one's going to raise money for charity. Like, that doesn't really track. That's really good. I like that. Good comparison. Hmm. Thank you. I just came up with that. Um, I mean, what do you, what do you, what are your, what are your takes on this, John? I don't know how much you've really said about it. Um, I tell you, it's it's interesting. Like having lived up here for about a year and a half, you see it more from afar. Mm-hmm. And at first, admittedly, I kind of, I, I got a little laugh at. A, in fact, it was Sigma Chi because it's like here's Jackson new money. 
you know, you're halting, halting progress, if you will. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's just kind of laughable. I mean, maybe it, part of it's just a random correlation of events between HB 1523 and then you get this, yeah. but it's just, there's a certain group of people that just don't want to, they're basically going to hold on to the, basically they're, they're, they're setting their ways and hold on to what, you know, well, I, I agree that the table. there's a subset of Mississippians like that, but really I think what's important to note when these kind of things happen um, and you can you can take this back to you know the election night thing. You can take it back to the Laramie Project uh, incident where the football players you know made homophobic comments at the play, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of it has to do with the fact that these are college kids. They're gonna regret this one day. I guarantee you, the Sigma Chi is on the mic. One day they're gonna have they're gonna have a daughter. They're gonna have a wife. They're gonna have a job and a all that stuff, a Sunday school class, and they're going to be mortified by the fact that they ever did this. But that's just the reality um, when, you know, you have an institution whose members are 20,000 kids between the ages of 18 and 22 who are all trying to impress each other and, you know, one-up each other and do the next craziest thing. Um, I'm not trying to excuse their actions. It's just, you know, perspective that I think is important to keep in your head. Everyone's going to do stuff during college that one day they're going to be like, why the hell did I do that? That's very true, but I don't. I mean, it, it does kind of allude to a culture that's basically, yeah, it, for, or yeah, probably something that should have been, you know, moved. How how much longer do sororities and fraternities? Ex- I mean, what, what well, wasn't is the there? Wasn't there already like a, years? That's a real. Was the Greek system look like in how many years? 20, 20 10 years. Next, years because harvard's having a, you know they they don't call it fraternities and what they call them what is it uh, dinner, like dinner clubs, clubs? Whatnot, are whatever they, are they dinner clubs they're, that's they're a getting Yale, hammered right? the all males are being forced all male clubs are being forced to allow you to either allow female members or or kind of basically disband but the problem with that is is all these clubs own really valuable real estate next yeah. to camp so it's kind of like what are you going to do and i think that's going to be the same problem that old miss runs into you in a little bit different form but i was going to say I, I believe um there was a movement like this at Alabama maybe four or five months ago. Um, and I think they, they got rid of pledge ship completely. Didn't right. They? Yeah. And um, I, I think that there's a lot of blowback from um, this is the same thing that happened. John, if you recall, uh, was it Sigma Chi? There was a fraternity. There was a big four fraternity that essentially got shut down by the IFC. And then a week later was reinstated because the alumni threatened to pull their donations. You remember this? Yeah, this wasn't long. It was a Sigma Chi. Uh, it wasn't long ago. It was because yeah, of, uh, so, what's their, what's their uh, big party? What's not Woodstock. That's Sigma new. What's this it's groundhog day? Wasn't it over groundhog day? Yeah. Somebody left, uh, somebody left the house area and then got a DUI for driving. Right. Pretty, pretty stupid move. When you think about it. Oh yeah. You just, yeah, but, exactly. Uh, well, thanks. No anyway, Ubers. No Ubers in Oxford. They so. got at the fraternity, and then, I mean, they were on probation. I mean, they they're gonna have to not live. They could live in the house for a semester. If that was, if I remember the initial yeah, band, they, well, yeah. No, I think that they were like fully suspended for a period of time, uh, but it never even happened. They never had to move out of the house. And, and then all that somebody stuff. whose name happens to also be on the honors college called and said, "I'm your wealthiest alumni donor. This is this is my group. I'm done giving money if this continues." And that quickly got reversed. I'll put into it, and I think that you ask, "What does the Greek system look like in 20 years?" Um, I mean, there's going to be issues like this where it gets pushed back upon, as it should, because what was going on at uh, Derby Days was pretty gross and unacceptable. 
But uh, I, I don't think you're going to see a huge level of change. I mean, the Ole Miss Greek system has been operating in relatively the same way for, what would you say, John, conservatively 120 years? Yeah, that's about right. And, and similar, I, I think even the power structures have probably been in place, you know, top tier, middle tier, bottom tier, et cetera, for the last 50 years and generally the same since they are now. I mean, it is not a, a rapidly changing ecosystem. If you think about it, it makes sense why, because the powerful members of it, are well removed, you know, they're older men who don't really come to the house, they don't actually know the younger members, but they've donated a lot of money, they don't want to see their investments, you know, be dismantled by some progressive-minded administrator, that's probably how they were painted it, and then the other side of the demographic is, you know, dumbass college kids that are trying to get laid and party, um, it, it's it's not yeah. surprising that it's a, it's a bastion of uh, regressive ideals, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, it, of course, the way and the way. I mean, I was thinking like the way I think about it and view it from you know five years ago till today is quite a bit different. It's, one, it, it's a, it's really it's it's a growing up. It's a, it's part of growing up, but it's also the problem is everybody's eighteen years old, so you're legally accountable, responsible as an adult. Um, why the why such a difference between being 18 and not and between under 18 and being 18 and up is a good question i guess that could mm-hmm. spend all day trying to figure that out but anyway i mean it's i don't know it, it, it's kind of it's just another thing that, i mean part of you look back and you say well we all did dumb stuff when we were undergrads and really, let also, me emphasize uh, i'm not excusing yeah. the specific dumb stuff they do no. I'm just saying, just remember that they're gonna regret this. We we all know it's true. That's just what happens. Yeah, because because you get you're around a group of you know you're in a pledge class of a hundred people there probably. I did tons of stuff I regret in college. Not necessarily this kind of stuff. Thankfully, nothing that got written up in the paper or anything. No, because we weren't that stupid. I mean, we no, but still. It, you're going to have a lot of regrets from college. And I think the people that don't do stupid shit probably regret, you know, being so repressed, et cetera, et cetera. That's just kind of the way it works is you regret. Yeah, I was, at, I was at, actually Saturday, I was out with a couple of uh, oldest uh, alums or members of sorority. And they, the way they put it, basically, you know, we kind of asked them about, was this, you know, go on when y'all were there? And they're like, yeah, basically we, you know, you get, <laughs> you, you get drunk enough where you just go deal with it essentially at Derby days. Yeah. Was kind of you know, the thing does, I tell you, the, it really does. The, the part the about people, girls, I tell you, to me, the worst part of this, mm-hmm. in, in well, maybe not the worst, just as bad of a part is the sororities emailing people out not to comment to the media or basically. Yeah, well, the talk, rumor, what the hell, the rumor was that the original girl that wrote the post, the Kyo, uh, got kicked out, but surely that's not yeah. true. Yeah, I heard there's it. no way that's true because what could their justification possibly be? I I don't think that that, that happened. But I'm uh, glad I'm glad that sorority girls with Kyo. Nothing, anything associated with Jackson, Mississippi. Nothing surprises me out of that. That's just that's mine. What you mean, like great food, fantastic weather, like good music? Yeah, none of Shit. that. None well, of that's t- surprising. What do you say? Batshit politics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, Tradition. Sure, sure, sure. Well, the thing you got to understand about that is while that stuff takes place in Jackson, technically, it's not really Jackson people that are, you know, on board with it or participating in it. I mean, I think Phil Bryant is probably the most hated man in Jackson. But, you know, Jackson is the, the epicenter of this, you know, you know, the dumb shit that goes on in our state. Just, 
as a as a product of history and geography. Did you see so. the New York Times article where Jackson was in the spotlight mm, talking uh, about? I don't the, think so. What was this about? It's, it's talking about the basically how cities in the South, their city governments are are working in contrast to to state governments on social issues like this. Very true, but the Jackson City government is far from innocent itself. Um, I, I have a lot of friends that work in the media around here, and I hear a lot of stuff. Um, and it, it's it's not like it's confined to one party or anything like that you know the shady things that go on in mississippi politics pretty across the board um but all right john we're coming up on the end here do you want to share the story you were teasing earlier uh i'll do it at a high level so okay. said group of couple out with a couple former uh old miss sorority members i guess they're still lifelong members but not longer because alumni. they're lifelong members because they paid all four years of dues Yes. If you don't, if you if you only pay three and a half years of dues, uh, you're, are we lifelong members? Yeah, you're Delta Psi, or I think probably most fraternities, but I know ours. Once you get initiated, you're a lifelong member. But oh, sororities, you got to pay. They're different. You got to pay the Skrilla, or else people would just That's quit all... after the first year. So I guess I understand. Yep. So anyway, so we're out, and uh, one of them's college roommate, and another visiting for the weekend. And then we're out with another friend of ours, and uh, one of his coworkers joins us. Coworkers from Rhode Island, and then uh, obviously, so you have my Rhode fa- Island, my favorite pers- island, Rhode Island person starting to interact with a uh, single old Miss chick, and immediately like is infatuated, <laughs> and it quickly becomes the, the question quickly becomes like how how high is this bar tat? How, how many free drinks can a can a single a, mistake? Southern Bell. Yeah, just can Southern Bell take from a Rhode Island person? Not because not because not that she's trying to it's do so. Because it's fun. But like this, this guy totally deserved it. Basically, he was completely the social IQ gap between uh-huh. the uh, New England and the South, essentially, in areas like this, which is it was just hilarious to witness. Well, ours is a conversational it's, intelligence. That's yeah. That's what we pride ourselves on here in the South. Exactly. No, that's pretty much it. But it was it was a spectacle. So. So how many drinks? Uh. Uh, Ole Miss Bell was pretty nice about it. I'm trying not to use names. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Not until after. Not until after. Not, we I think only a couple. Recorded. I think only a couple. Oh, okay. So dude, I would have gone for a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I would, and I mean, this is. I would have made. I would have gotten the whole table shots. This is a big. T- this is a big city dating scene. I mean, it's not at all uncommon. I feel like for a a guy to spend a hundred bucks trying to sleep with a girl at a bar in a town like Boston yeah. probably happens all the time. Yeah. Well, um, cost to do, cost to do a business, I would assume. Uh, up in yeah. those those colder climes, uh, you need you yeah. need more to to keep you warm. Um, let's see, John. Anything we missed today? Anything we didn't talk about? Uh, we briefly mentioned Robert and his Panther. Oh, yeah. Was, oh, yeah. Well, same with old Rob. Give me a good Guru Rob corner. Guru Robert's corner? You want me to, you want me to do it for you? Yeah, yeah, do it. Okay, hold on. Let me pull up the uh, the ESPN story here. Robert Kim Dickey. All right. It's... I do approve of his food choice. It sounds like Rob. He's like he spends time with fans, people. He, he hates the media, which is, I can completely support that. Um, oh yeah, for sure. NFL scouts is an underrated blowhard profession. Oh yeah, 
because their job is really dumb. I, I've met one, and he was really nice, but in general, as a if group, the Patriots had a first round pick, you know, Belichick would take. Oh it. yeah, but they don't. Um, the funny thing. Oh, also, John, we did. We'll mention briefly here. Probably should have mentioned it earlier. Um, Tennessee has traded their number one pick. Oh yeah, we should have. Likely, uh, likely dropping Laramie down to number three to the Chargers, I believe. I would rather go to San Diego than I would. I would rather go to the Chargers as well. The only thing that I'm selfishly sad about, besides the fact that Ole Miss could have had number one overall, I'm also sad about the fact that um, if he was a Titan, he would probably be around Oxford a little bit more. But that's about it. Um, it, It's better for Laramie definitely to live in San Diego. I mean, Nashville's a great city, but uh, better franchise, and who wouldn't want to live in San Diego? But the ESPN story called the Robert Kim DT prophecy. So from the very beginning here, they're setting him up to sound like an idiot. Um, so obviously the main draw of the article is that he wants a pet panther one day. Um, I don't know if that's the main. It's just part. That's one of the features of him. Right, but that's, they of, lead with that. The, the first line is Robert yeah, the Kim idea DT is wants he, a he's, pet he's a free spirit and doesn't conform. And he's not a bad dude, which I don't, I've never thought Rod's a bad dude. He just, he's not, his personality is not conducive to being a positive influence in the rock locker room of a championship football team. And that's not, you know, the fact that he happens to be just a physical freak is not his fault by any stretch. I mean, hell, if he, you know, it sounds like he likes music and sat and playing saxophone and whatnot better than he does. Shit, John, you know, in, the, in the first, uh, in the first paragraph of the story, we're, um, Admitting, mm-hmm. admitting an NCAA violation, I hope you know. What do we admit? A few months ago, before he fell, et cetera, et cetera, he would walk in and simply wave to the cashier to begin his order. Dun, dun, dun. That doesn't mean he didn't pay. Oh, I don't know, man. You know how old Miss is. You know how that is. You know how that is. They, they want to cheat any way they can. Um, but so, what part do you want me to read for Guru Roberts here? I'm looking for a, a long paragraph he says panthers are just like cats he says if someone comes over and is scared i'll put the panther away so that's chill of him that's nice um for him to do uh i mean it's i don't know yeah like you said criticizes some scouts uh so oh, about him trying to describe describes him trying to bowl that's the best one him trying to what oh to bowl okay yeah. hold on uh, <laughs> one of the other players makes fun of, or one of his friends makes fun of him because a baby starts crying uh, while he's bowling. He says he made him him cry. In size fourteen shoes, he hunches over and almost crawls to the stripe like a cat tiptoeing to prey. He throws like a softball pitcher, the ball spinning and floating before landing halfway down the lane with a hammering thud so loud it summons an increased respect for Wood. In terms of pins, he's hit or miss. Today mostly miss. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's this is a good article. This is my first time reading it. I would suggest it for sure. Like I said, Robert, we've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast. Robert is not um, conventional, uh, I'd say, in the the makeup of a college football player. But he still, if you if you don't like Robert, I, I kind of question your true motivations. Is it because you really don't like him, or you just don't like the fact that he played for Ole Miss? You know what I'm saying? Because what what is there to really hate about Robert? And so to to take it back to that guy that was tweeting at me about uh about being a bitch for whatever for defending Robert, 
Um, I guess his main complaint was that Robert ratted out Laramie for being in the hotel room. I don't know. It didn't seem to affect Laramie's draft stock too I much. I really think Robert's problem is just a lack of social awareness and IQ. That's really what I, I don't think he's a and bad so dude. And so for me, that that's no reason to hate the guy. I mean, I, he's, yeah, he's, but he's when just kind of an enigma. When, it go, when you're given status and it goes unaddressed, it creates problems. Now that, that that falls honestly, like I'm talking about the locker room. That falls on other people in the locker room. Well, and it's like I've always said, no matter it falls what, on coaches to manage that too. Well, Freeze was always indebted to Robert. I mean, that's just the way it was. He yeah. a seven and six team with the number one player in the country. I mean, how are you not gonna you know let him do whatever he wants? That's very. I true. think any any second year coach in the country that had the class that Freeze had would probably struggle to you know, make it appear that they don't have some sort of preferential treatment. I don't know. We've talked about this a lot. Um, I mean, yeah. Well, well, I mean, this is a good, this is a good article. It talks a lot about the, uh, the event. There's a, there's a picture of him. This is Matthew Baird. Bring that name up. That was a fun one. A little fun paragraph. Matthew Baird. Yeah. Is that the, uh, is that the frat boy? That's the guy that Denzel allegedly knocked out. That's what I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's a long, long piece. I definitely, definitely suggest it. Um, let's see. We'll talk. We'll talk about the draft probably a lot next week, huh, John? Is that, yeah. Is the timing right on that? Well, how far are we? From yeah, the, the drafts. Yeah, it's next week. But we have one more episode before then, right? Yeah, exactly. We can talk about the draft All a little right, bit. So we'll get into that. We'll talk about the draft uh, next week here. Um, obviously baseball team, um, two midweeks this week, uh, and then they go play Auburn and Oxford, um, spring football's over, as we mentioned, oh, uh, we'll definitely talk about, uh, hopefully the NOA response, hopefully it'll be out by then, so John can stop, um, being so upset with the administration, um, hopefully, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what it contains, we'll watch get, it get delayed, we'll get into all that, and I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if it did, that's kind of the nature of this BS, the way this stuff works. <laughs> Um, I mean, if the NCAA was to investigate new allegations uh, in the scope of the same investigation, I know they would have to reopen it and the three-month clock would start over. So I can't even imagine the conspiracy theories that would ensue if that was to happen um, and there was to be another three-month delay. But we'll we'll talk more about that. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll know more about that next week and we can get into it, but um, we'll see for sure. Um, but besides that, I think that's going to do it for us this week on Land Sharks After Dark. Um, you're listening to this podcast now, so obviously you know where to find it. But uh, do us a favor, subscribe on iTunes so that uh, it'll automatically get downloaded straight to your device every week. Um, of course, you can follow us on Twitter to get the episodes, um, like us on Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Check out our website, LandSharksAfterDark.com. Uh, but other than that, folks, uh, for John, I'm Justin. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.